Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. My name is Chris Chapman and I am your host. And if this is your first time tuning in with us, then this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry, and really walk through their story, how they have gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to reiterate my main goal, which is to impact over 1 million people by helping them reach a next level. So if you have not done this already, please take the time to subscribe to Next Level Minds on Apple Podcasts so you can get updates on the latest episodes and share this episode with a family member friend or colleague who you think will get some value out of it. Now on to today's guest and episode. I am sitting down with Davin Salvano. He is the founder of Purpose Point and the Purpose Summit and an inspirational speaker and best-selling author known for connecting purpose, people, and performance. He spent nearly two decades in various leadership roles in HR, operations, marketing, and finance with Fortune 500 companies. And now he helps people find purpose, fulfillment, significance, and meaning in their lives. So if purpose and fulfillment and significance is something that you are interested in, this is definitely the episode for you. Other than that, as we like to say here, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Let's dive in. Davin, thanks so much, man, for hopping on the uh, Next Level Minds podcast today. Hey, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks, Chris, for inviting me. I'm glad to do it. 100%. So I know we're uh, recording on a Tuesday, it looks like. Are you having a good week so far? Oh, it's been a fantastic week. Great morning, great day. Spring's right around the corner here in Michigan. We got a lot of things that we're leaning towards. I'm super excited. Yeah, you said great morning. What do you usually do kind of as a morning routine, if you will? Yeah, well, so I have two kids. I have a 12-year-old daughter, 8-year-old son, um, married to my wife, Amy, for 15 years. And each day is different, but it usually starts with me getting up, getting a workout in, uh, doing some reading. So I always I, I always read, work out the mind, work out the body during the day or in the morning. And then I, I get upstairs and the kids are getting ready for school. We have breakfast together and then we all leave the house. They go to school. I come to the office, get in here. And uh, our team is, is usually arriving the same time I am. And we make some coffee. We're big, big coffee fans. And uh, we, uh, we every day holds a new surprise for us. So we dive in and just make it happen. Yeah, man, I like that your morning routine consists of kind of filling up all the buckets, you know, fitness, the mind with reading, and then of course, the most important, which is the family component and dynamic too. That's really cool. Yeah, I try to make that a priority. If I'm not traveling or have to be at a conference somewhere, if I'm home, uh, I try not to miss a morning seeing the kids out the door. So. Yep. Yep. And I think we rescheduled this because you had a family commitment, which I obviously respect moving it based on family dynamics there, which is equally as cool. So. I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, we did. I know we were going to do it, I think, in, in an evening recording piece. And it's just this season of life, you know, one one kid's in basketball, volleyball, karate, piano lessons. And so, you know, when the day ends at 530, it's during the week, we're just traveling and t- taking them to all their different events. And, you know, we, we try not to keep it complicated, um, but you only get to go through this time once. And so we're, we're enjoying it as much as they are and taking it all in. 
Yeah, no, that, that's a good perspective there. Um, so before we start diving into all the things that you're passionate about, which I know is, is really helping others find meaning, fulfillment, and, and purpose in what they do, um, I'd love if you could just take the listeners and, and I back to maybe 25-year-old Davin, kind of what you were working on at that piece of your life. Yeah, 25-year-old Davin. That was actually a very pivotal time. I'm glad that you picked that age. We didn't talk about this before, but that was the perfect age to actually pick because that was a pivotal year for me. So, you know, um, I, I had went to school to be a teacher. I thought I was going to be a teacher. I love the idea of teaching. Um, and that didn't happen. I was actually putting myself through school. I was working at Costco. This is just before pre-25. So I'm backing it up a little bit to, to kind of set up what happened at 25. And um, I was going to go to be a teacher and I was working for Costco and they made me their marketing manager. And this was a pivotal moment because, uh, you know, teachers don't make a lot of money. They should be paid a lot more for what they do. And, you know, they offered at that time a 21-year-old kid double a teacher's salary uh, because they recognized that I, I had a gift of of educating people. If you follow Marcus Buckingham's work, he, he talks that we've got different strengths and my strengths would be that of a teacher and a stimulator. I love to stimulate how people think and I love to educate them and teach them on things they don't know. And so when I was working for Costco, they were brand new to the market in Michigan and they saw how passionate I was about their business and their business model. And so they had a natural born spokesperson, if you will. So they offered me this incredible opportunity. So I parked, parked the teaching idea. I actually did not finish school and I parked this and I said, okay, well, here's this incredible corporate opportunity. Let me run with this. And I did, and I did that for the next seven years. But why 25 was so pivotal was because right about that time, I'd been four years into this journey with Costco and I had a really cool opportunity to move back to Philly, uh, which is where I'm originally from. And at that time, I had just started attending a brand new church uh, here in Michigan and I was really wrestling with this idea of moving back to Philly. And I'd been offered an incredible opportunity by Costco to move back to Philly. It was a dream job, incredible compensation. Would have been back in my hometown, everything that I wanted. And there was just, there was this feeling inside me that I wasn't supposed to doing. I was, I was somewhat wrestling with God, like, is this what I'm supposed to do? And I ended up staying here and kind of rescinding that job opportunity. And three months later, I met my now wife, Amy, in a small group at that church. And I, I cringe to think what would have happened had I not surrendered kind of what I wanted to do for the purpose that was planned for my life in that moment. And that's really the first time that purpose, because I talk a lot about purpose, that I really saw purpose at work in my life. So you know, the, the title of my book, Finding Purpose at Work, it's not just about finding purpose in your job. It's actually about finding purpose at work in your life, looking at the different events and circumstances that have happened in your life and connecting the dots and saying, okay, this happened because of that. And then this wouldn't have happened had that not happened. And this was that moment. It was really the first time that purpose, 25 years old, entered my life because I looked and said, oh my gosh, had I taken that job opportunity back in Philly for what I thought that I wanted, I would have not met my wife, you know, at this church. And then there was a whole string of events 
that happened right after that. I started playing hockey with the vice president of Macy's. We had a lot of, a lot of locker room discussions about uh, culture and what healthy cultures look like, which I spend a lot of time talking about. And he, he recruited me from Costco to come work for, for Macy's and uh, run stores here in Michigan. That also happened at 25. Um, my wife and I ended up getting married a year later. So there was a whole period of things that happened. But I kind of want to sum up that question. 25 was the year that purpose entered my life. And it was the first time that I looked and said, what is it that I want to do versus maybe what is it that I'm made to do? What is it that I was created to do? What are my unique gifts, talents, and abilities? And how am I supposed to use those? And what are the opportunities that are coming my way that maybe I need, wasn't looking for, that, that they were kind of off in the distance, but now they're kind of in my blind side. Maybe I need to look at these. And maybe I need to surrender the things that I thought that I was going to do or what I wanted to do for something that is planned for me that might be bigger than I could possibly imagine. And that's exactly what I did. And I and I could tell you that everything that's happened since over the last almost 20 years since that date would not have happened if it weren't for that crucial decision in that moment. Mm. And it all goes back to that one decision, huh? I mean, I'm sure there would have been a lot of cool things that would have happened in my life, but yeah. but it would, my, the trajectory would have been completely different. I, I would have moved back to my hometown, wouldn't have met my wife, would have still probably been working for, for Costco, which is a great company. But, but there, was a, there was literally a domino effect of things that happened from that moment of saying, okay, I'm willing to kind of give this up to see, you know, what purpose is planned for me and dive fully into this. And it's literally been an act. We, we actually have this saying at Purpose Point called Welcome to the Floor of the Red Sea. It's this idea of not being able to see the other side. And there's these massive walls of water that are on top of you. And they can come crashing down at any minute. And it's scary because you don't know what's going to happen. But you know, beyond your own circumstances, they just continue to be held up and you continue to just keep pressing forward, not knowing what's on the other side. And it has been a beautiful journey. It's been scary. It's been risky. It's been frustrating. But that's what a life of purpose is. When you dive into your purpose and you focus on what your gifts, talents, and abilities are and how you can use those every single day and you trust the process, you go to places that you would have never been able to go by yourself. You achieve things that you would have never been able to achieve yourself. You see things that you would never thought that you would see. It's been a beautiful journey. No, man, I I love that you mentioned that and just getting everyone inspired to do some similar points in their life. But I want to go back a little bit. You talked about just kind of surrendering your plan, if you will, and then, of course, trusting God's plan. And so what advice do you have? Two questions on this. What advice do you have for others who kind of are toying with doing the same thing? And then... How do you kind of decipher on, hey, this is what I want to do versus this is what I feel like I'm being called to do type of thing? Yeah, those are two great questions. So two things. So one, I'm not going to assume that everyone listening to this, you know, either believes or has a relationship in God. You might. And then if you do, then then this makes total sense. But if you don't, um, here's what I will tell you. The most successful people in the world, all of them, at some point have looked back at their life and they have some regrets. And almost every single one of those regrets has to do with a decision where they chose success over significance. There's a fantastic book called Halftime by Bob Buford. That book has changed my life. And he talks about how this world conditions us 
for success, right? Go and get the next big thing. Go and, you know, we live in a world where it's really all about popularity, followers, social, fame, likes, engagement, all of that, right? Tomorrow, you could be a YouTube sensation. You could be whatever. And everyone, it's very, very, very appealing. And so success is more accessible than it ever has been before for anyone on the planet. We live in probably the most opportunistic time ever in human history to really be able to be whoever you want to be, do whatever you want to do, and achieve whatever level of success that you want to. There's no excuses. It is just a matter of whether you want to do it or not. So I'm not poo-pooing success principles because I believe in them, but that's not where your focus should be because you can have an incredibly successful life and look back and miss out on a life of significance. And significance is about your purpose. It's about the unique gifts, talents, and abilities and skill sets that you have that you're supposed to use and you can spend your entire life not using them because you were focused on success. My next book is actually called The Thief of Purpose, What Robs Us of Purpose, and there's a whole chapter entitled Success. Success is not a bad thing, but if you're focused too much on it, it could rob you of the purpose and the significance that you were created for in the short life that you have. Bob Buford talks that you're, talks about your your condition for success, but you're created for significance. One of the best examples of this, Steve Jobs, obviously and arguably one of the most successful people that have ever lived. Go and read his last words when he died of cancer. Go and read what he says about what he wished he would have done differently. He achieved no shortage of success, but he missed out on a life of significance, and he admitted it on his deathbed. So. I would say, you know, we, we named our company Purpose Point because there are all these different purpose points in your life that happen. Pur- I mean, purpose is literally where your gifts and opportunity meet, right? You, it, it could be an engagement that you have with someone at the, at the the barista at the coffee shop in a short introduction. It could be that person that's standing in line next to you at the grocery store. It could be the guy that's changing your tires. It could be, it could be the person you're sitting next to on a plane. I mean, how many times do we get on a plane and you sit down and you're like, you know, there's that awkward silence for a few minutes, you buckle your seats, and then you're like, okay, so uh, are, are you going to California? Are you coming back from California? Do you live there? You got business or pleasure? There's the small talk, lasts about five seconds, and then you put your earbuds in, or they put their earbuds in. You don't talk to each other for four hours, the plane lands, and then you get there, like, hey, nice sitting next to you, have a great trip. There was four and a half hours of potential opportunistic purpose points that could have happened on that plane ride but we don't engage those out of fear, out of discomfort, out of whatever. Are you looking for the purpose points in your life and stepping into those and taking advantage of the moments to step into your significance? Or are you too focused on yourself and on success? That, that's a funny example. I was laughing because that was me the other day. I was on a flight. Hey, where are you going? Business or pleasure? Sounds good. Boom. Threw a podcast in for like a two-hour flight. Uh, but... I have actually talked to people on a flight for a few hours and like now we follow each other on Instagram. We talked about how we could help each other in our own personal businesses and stuff. And to your point, like overcoming that fear and, and just kind of making it happen. That's cool. Yeah. It's, and I will tell you if, if we, if we were to go back and tell you all the stories of all the incredible people that I've had the opportunity to meet over the last 15 years, people that I never thought that I would meet uh, organizations we've gotten to partner with, uh, everything that has led to, I know we'll talk about this later, but you know, the, the purpose summit that, that's happening at Notre Dame and the hundreds of leaders from around the world that are coming there and speakers there, all of those happened because there were moments 
that I leaned into that I could have easily have made an excuse out of fear, awkwardness, discomfort, uh, lack of confidence, whatever it was. And instead, I chose to step into those moments of purpose. And because I stepped into those moments of purpose, the plan that was created for me played out. But, you know, there's... um. I don't know if your listeners will remember this, but there used to be a book. I, I love reading now. I hated reading as a kid. I couldn't stand it. In fact, I was the guy in high school. We had this thing called summer reading where they would assign you three books over the summertime and you had to read them. And then there was a test on the first day of school when you came back in the fall. And there used to be this place called Suncoast Video where you can pretty much go and buy any movie on VHS. Those were these things like tapes. You put them in a VCR to, to watch the movie. I used to go and buy the movie of the book that we had to read because I could watch it in an hour, get the gist, get the C or B on the test and be good and have my summer and not worry about reading three books. That's who I was. Today, I love reading. I I consume books. If you were to look at our office, it's littered with books. There's piles on my desk. Um, big fan of reading today, and I'm glad that I have because it's often said that you'll become the the combination of the books that you read and the people that you associate yourself with, around with. So if you want to become a certain person, who are you reading? Who are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Uh, but there was this book called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. Really, really awesome. They were these short, thin, thin, thin books. In fact, uh, for, you can't see this because this is a podcast, but I'm holding up this really, really tiny, super thin notebook. They were about this big. And the idea was is the whole book was written and each page was a part of a story and, at, and you were the main character in the story. And at the bottom of the page, there was always a, okay, you find yourself and you're in a room and there's a door. If you choose to open the door, you know, turn to page 17. If you choose not to open the door, turn to page 26. And then the story would continue based off of your choices. Your life is the same in many ways. It's already been written, but you've got free will. And so each day is a page and each day you have choices. And depending on which choices you make determines how your story plays out. So lean into the choices that lean more into significance and don't be so focused on success. Yeah, man, I I like that you mentioned all those items. I used to hate reading as well, but now I realize the benefit and kind of the positive impact you can have on your success. Now I try to read a book a month, uh, but I was the same guy that would, that would get the movie or just hit somebody else up who's read the book and try to learn from them uh, for the test. Um, but you talk, you keep talking about significance, which I love. Do you have any kind of just general, like maybe steps or actual items people could take? Cause I think people are really picking up what you're putting down of, all right, success is cool, but significance is even better but kind of what are some you know early steps that people can take to try to find that significance in their life? Yeah, so there's a really great Venn diagram about purpose. Um, and it's, it's in the book. If you haven't read the book, it's also, there's tons of videos that you can watch where I actually talk about this on YouTube. Um, but there's a Venn diagram that if, if, you, if you don't know what a Venn diagram is, it's a combination of circles. Uh, so imagine a four-leaf clover, if you will, four circles that intersect each other and then and and then turn the four-leaf clover so that it kind of looks like a compass. There's a north circle, a south circle, a west circle, an east circle. The north circle says what you love to do. The west circle says what you're good at. 
the East Circle says what the world needs. And the South Circle says what you get paid to do. So we have what we love, what we're good at, what the world needs, and what we're paid to do. A lot of people think that purpose and a life of either success or significance is found by figuring out how do you get paid to do what you love to do? Because we've often been told, you know, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And that is true. I love what I do, so it doesn't feel like work, but it still is work. The problem is, is that we tend to focus too much on how do I get paid to do what I love to do? And that's not the starting point of purpose. You were created to make a difference. And we feel fulfillment when we recognize that we've made a difference. One of the one of the biggest dopamine hits that we can get in our life is when someone tells us that we mattered, that we made a difference, that we made an impact, right? Because we were created to do that. In fact, a lot of depression, addiction, all of these things that 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 people struggle with are, are mainly because they feel like they don't matter. They feel like they don't make a difference. They feel like nobody would miss them. They feel like they don't make an impact. So the more that you can lean into opportunities to make a difference, to make an impact, to to validate that you have purpose, that you have matter, to the degree that you do that, you will see a life of significance play out. And the way that you do that is not focusing primarily on how do I get paid to do what I love to do. It's not focusing on the north and south circles. It's focusing on the west and east ones. What is it that I'm good at that the world needs? And asking yourself that in every moment of every day, in every situation, wherever you find yourself. All right, I'm in this room or I'm at this event or I'm in this conversation or I'm in this meeting. What do I have to contribute? What, what, like, what is the problem right now that people are facing and what's the solution that I can bring? And it might, it, it could be as simple as sharing an idea sharing an insight, sharing an experience, it, it, whatever it could be. I mean, I, I play hockey and um, we, I, I don't play as, as often as I used to. I used to play quite often, but now I'm in my forties and, you know, we have young kids. And as I shared earlier, we have other priorities, but I play with this group. Um, they're actually a client of ours, but I play with them on, on Friday, right after work, before I go home. And we typically have two goalies every single Friday. Well, last Friday, we didn't have two goalies. We only had one. These guys have been skating for the last 20 years. They've never had a situation where they've never not had two goalies, which is mind-baffling to me because in hockey, that happens all the time. Um, but they've just always had consistency. This time, they only had one goalie. And they're like, well, what do we do? We don't have another goalie. Do we just... Put up a shooter tutor, which is a thing that covers the net and you shoot at it. Do we just, you know, play with an open net? And for those of you who've ever played hockey, you, you know that that changes the whole dynamic of the game. It's not fun. And I learned a long time ago this idea of here's what we do. We play posts. You shoot and you hit the posts. But if you hit the post, then you get to now shoot on the goalie. So now there's incentive to hit the post, which makes the game more fun because there's a reward for hitting the post. So I shared this idea and it was game changing. And 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 the the comments that happened from everyone there was like, oh my gosh, that was such a great, you know, idea. It was such a great game. And so here's the thing. This might sound very, very trivial to you. The problem in that room was people didn't know what to do. I shared an insight or an experience that I had that changed the entire environment for 20 people for the next hour. 
That's purpose. That's stepping into a moment of significance because all I did was share an idea that I had to a moment that needed it, right? And I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but the, the reality is, is that there are opportunities for you each and every single day where there's a situation or someone is struggling with them with something where you might be able to do something, say something, or share something that is going to improve the quality of the situation for the people that are around you. The, to, to the degree that you do that, more and more often in each moment, each and every single day is the degree that you live a life of significance. Now that's awesome. And I really appreciate you saying that story. And I think that's incredible that you can break it down like that because I think people look at purpose as like this big grandiose thing of like, well, I have to go, you know, cure this disease, I guess, to find purpose or something big, but it's like, you just found purpose playing hockey with some of your clients. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the problem with purpose. The problem with purpose is that People see it as a singular, grandiose idea for their lives. So it's so big that I don't want to talk about it because it's overwhelming. And so therefore, I'm just going to continue to go through the motions, live my life like a a hamster on a hamster wheel. And just it's like Groundhog Day. It's the same thing day after day after day, you know, and there's nothing wrong with habits. Habits are great. Um, Atomic Habits, fantastic book we were talking about this morning. Build really great habits. But don't get so habitual that you're not aware of the circumstances that are around you and because you'll miss the opportunities to step into purpose. Purpose, there, I, we could argue from a, uh, a, a faith standpoint that there is a singular purpose for our lives. There is a singular idea, grandiose idea for our lives, and there is. But what I'm talking about here is that purpose when we really get practical about it, is actually plural and it's momentary, meaning that you could have multiple purposes that you could step into and you can have multiple purpose points throughout the day to step into those. I have a purpose as a husband. I have a purpose as a father. I have a purpose as a CEO. I have a purpose as an author. I have a purpose as a speaker. I have a purpose as a piano player at a church. I have a purpose as a hockey player on the ice. I have a purpose as a friend. I have a purpose as a colleague. So the question is, there's lots of purposes. Think of them as hats that you could wear, that you could step into at any moment. What is the situation that you're in? And then how do you prioritize that? Because the biggest challenge with this is that your your purposes are constantly going to be competing for your attention, right? How, how do I How do I discern, okay, my wife has this need, my kids have this need, I have this email that I need to answer, I have this, I got five different purposes that I could step into. What's the most important right now? A dear friend of mine, Dr. Amber Selking, she wrote the book, Winning the Mental Game. Phenomenal book. She was the mental performance coach for Notre Dame. Now she's the mental performance coach for LSU. And um, she's got this acronym, WIN, W-I-N. What's important now? So once you've recognized what your purpose is, what your purposes are, the different roles that you are, you're you're aware of, okay, here's what I'm good at. Here's my gifts, talents, and abilities. This is what is inside my, my head and my heart, what I bring to the table. Then you're aware of the circumstances and situations that are around you that you can step into. The next problem you're going to face is there's going to be competing purposes. So the, how do you deal with that? Well, the day you deal with that is win. What's important now? What's the most important of those purposes? And that's what you choose to step into. I like that. You said when, what's important now. Is that correct? Okay, cool. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because I think a lot of people, when it's the whole theme of this conversation, I think get into the trap of like, well, I guess my purpose is just running my business, but it's like, no, like you have a purpose to be a husband, a father, piano player at your church, like you mentioned. So there's multiple pockets 
with your strategy and your methods here that you can find purpose in, in your everyday life, which I, I love that. Uh, I mean, for me, I, I do a lot of different things uh, in my business life and my personal life. And it's like, I can find purpose in each one. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the more you find purpose, the more fulfilled you are is kind of the goal of that, right? Yeah, I mean, it becomes addicting in a good way, right? I mean, a lot of, if you, if you do any research on why we're so ad- addicted to social media and to engagements and everyone posts something and then the immediate thing they do is they check back and they look at how many people have engaged their post. Everybody does it. And then they start comparing themselves to other people who get more engagements than them. And so the reason why is because in many ways that engagement number that's on there, how many people liked or hearted or whatever or commented um, is validation of whether or not what you had to say was important, whether it mattered, whether it made a difference, whether it impacted those that read it. And so when we get low engagement, we feel like we have low impact. And then all of a sudden our dopamine levels drop and we all of a sudden go into depression. Then we need to do it more. And there's this whole psyche that happens. Well, I would argue that if you were to replace that, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with social media because I'm on it constantly. I post, I share and everything. But but I don't get hung up on the engagements. And the reason why is is because the more that you lean into focusing on what's happening in the real world, on on how did I make a difference this morning before I left the house? How did I make a difference when I showed up at the office today? How did I make a difference on this podcast right here with Chris and his listeners? How did I make a difference in this next meeting that I'm going to go into? How do I make a difference in this next thing that I'm going to... When you're focusing on the potential impact that happens moment by moment by moment every single day... That becomes so addicting that the dopamine hits that you get from that far outweigh anything else that you could ever replace that with. That is why purpose is so powerful. If you could step into moment by moment asking myself, what impact did I just make in the last hour? Start measuring your impact by hour. Who was I around? What did I do? What did I say that made a difference? Measure your impact on a daily basis. Focus more on that than how much engagement you're getting on your social posts and watch what happens. Yeah, man, I love that. And I'm laughing because I post on LinkedIn three times a week, Instagram probably five times a week. And the days that I post, like my screen time is naturally up because I'm checking. I'm like, oh, what's the engagement? Do people like it? Like, of course, I'm replying to comments, but a little bit of it is like, okay, well, who liked this type of thing? Um, But uh, man, also to your point there, I think you can find so much like, happiness in that. I mean, I spoke at Clemson a couple months ago to about a hundred students. Um, and I probably had 15 of them come up to me after class. A couple of them emailed me, a couple of them shot me a DM. Like, Hey, I really got a lot out of your talk. Like you really impacted me. And just having them say that, you know, 10 second sentence, like I left the speech, drove two hours back home to Charlotte and was on this like two hour, like dopamine high. I don't know if you get that as well from your work, but I was like, man, this is like, I haven't felt like this in so long, but I think it's because of the impact I gave. So Yeah, it's a real thing. I mean, that's why, I mean, COVID was really, really hard for a lot of speakers because, you know, one of the big, big things with the opportunity to speak to people is not necessarily the, hey, look at me, I'm up here on stage. It's, for me, it's after the talk is done, coming off the stage and then people coming up to you and telling you how what you said impacted them because it's validation that what you just did made a difference, right? It's not a pat on the back. It's not a, oh, you're famous. It's a, wow, because I just said what I said, that made a difference. And so what was really hard during COVID was we would do a lot of virtual talks and then the screen would shut off and no one would come up afterwards. There wasn't anyone, there wasn't a line there. There was no one there to say, 
wow, what you said just really impacted me. And then you start questioning, am I really making a difference? I mean, I um, there was a conversation with Simon Sinek one time during COVID that happened. Um, and I was talking to a friend of mine and they were talking to Simon and Simon had, was really struggling during COVID. And he said, you know, without a stage, who am I? And I was like, Ooh, wow. Right. Because the reality, it wasn't the popularity. It wasn't the fame. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a statement of arrogance. It was a statement of my worth, my impact, my value as a speaker, as a thought leader, as an author, as a contributor, whatever was validated the second I walked off that stage because people told me about the difference that I made. And without that, virtually, I don't have that validation. And so now all of a sudden, my identity is in question. And I would argue that his identity was never in question, neither is yours. The reality is, is that we need to see how we make a difference. The reason COVID was so hard for all people, not just speakers, but really anyone who went to work is because there were moments at work where at least their work was validated, where someone said, hey, great job on that PowerPoint presentation, or hey, really great job on that fender, or hey, awesome job on that landscaping there. Whatever it is, they got to see how what they did mattered. And when we were all working at home for 18 months and doing everything virtually, there was very, very little validation of what we were doing. And so because of that, people started to question their self-worth, and that's what led to depression and why depression was at an all-time high during COVID. I'm glad you mentioned that, not from that depression was at all time high perspective, but from a perspective of, I was going to ask kind of what did you see as the impl implications of COVID? And you kind of just answered that of, you know, depression, people not being validated for their work. Um, Cause there's something to be said of, Hey, great job on this 10 minute presentation you gave to your team members type of thing. Yeah. I mean, that's why recognition is so important. I mean, if there's anything that we could do more of, it's recognizing each other. I mean, that's the world would be a much better place if we just stepped into moments to tell people that they matter and that what they do makes a difference. And honestly, if you just did that, you asked me earlier about, you know, how do you step into significance? If you take your eyes off yourself for a second, I know I said, figure out what you're good at, do all those things. Start small. Start with, you know what? I'm going to tell five people today that they mattered, that they made a difference. Whoever it is, it could be the cashier ringing you up at the grocery store. Look at their name badge, call them by their name because very few people probably do that and say, thank you, Julie. I really appreciated you ringing me up today. I mean, that sounds silly, but do you know how many people are gonna tell Julie that that day? Probably very little. And you just made a difference there, right? And so the more that you do that, the more that you will see that you make a difference because you will see people's expressions light up. One of my favorite videos, I actually do this sometimes in some of my keynote talks, is a, a, a musical video by a band called Need to Breathe. And the, the song is called Shine On. If you haven't done this, go to YouTube, type, on, type in Shine On by Need to Breathe. They recorded this music video probably 20 years ago and they did it for like 160 bucks. It was stupid cheap. But what they did was, and it was their first music video, I believe, they they grabbed a bunch of Christmas lights and they they put Christmas lights around a whole bunch of people and the lights were off. And what there was a kid, he woke up in the morning 
and he hit his alarm clock, got up, and his lights went on, and he got into the elevator, and there was a whole bunch of other kids standing there with kind of frowns on their faces, and their lights were off. The elevator went down, the doors open, and the next thing you know, they're all laughing, and all of their lights are on. So there was something that happened in that elevator with that kid that impacted those other people that all of a sudden impacted their day, and then those kids go off, and then the video plays the different stories of all the people that they interact with, and by the end of the video, there's a whole bunch of people with Christmas lights on them, and all their lights are on because of the ripple effect of impact that happened in brief moments that started in a 30-second elevator ride, right? You have that opportunity every single day to make that ripple effect happen. Start there. Yeah, and they're going to leave that conversation, going back to the Julie example of, wow, I just, this guy in the grocery store said, thank you so much. I really appreciate it calling by name. And it took you five seconds to do it. Five seconds. That's how you make a difference every day. These small little things. You don't need to do some massive, big, grandiose, but do it repetitively. Do it like every single, I can't tell you how many times I've walked out of getting a, a, a coffee or something out of a place and maybe I was in the middle of answering an email or a phone call. The worst thing that you could do is walk up to anybody else being on the phone with another conversation who's serving you. Sometimes it's unavoidable, but at all costs, if you could you know, put whoever you're talking to down for a second, say, hey, I need to check out or whatever the case is, I'll be right back with you. People need to be seen. They need to know that they're seen and they're not just a cog in a machine. And so the more that you could say to people, hey, I, I see you and you just made a difference, the more that you'll be a difference maker, the more that you will find purpose at work in your life, the more that you will lead a life of significance and success will follow as a byproduct. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I want to throw a challenge out to the listeners. If you're going to the grocery store, gas station, Starbucks, shout out the person serving you, just like Davin recommended. Let that be a a quick challenge for the week. Do you agree? 100%. 100%. We have this thing, actually, that we're launching at Purpose Point called Every Job Matters. And uh, we're going to make these cool cards. And uh, Purpose Point has this thing called the Purpose Point Community that we just launched that you could check out. It's on our site. But it's an opportunity where we're going to be mailing stuff to members every single month. And one of the things that we're going to be mailing out are these these recognition cards that that say every job matters. And this was born actually by our chief operating officer, our COO. He was walking through Macy's and he was walking through the shoe department. And if you've ever been through the shoe department at a department store, you know that there's shoes all over the floor. And there was this one associate there that was as fast as she was trying to put shoes back in boxes and put them on the shelf, people were taking boxes out and then just leaving them on the floor. It was, it, it was you know, like the – it was a futile effort. She just couldn't clean up fast enough. And you could see that she was frustrated. She was depressed. She felt like people were just – you know, she was there to serve all of these people and they were just trying to get their shoes and no one saw her. And Steve stopped and walked up to her. He wasn't even there to buy shoes. And he just asked, saw her name badge, mentioned her name and said, you know, I think her name was Christy. He said, uh, Christy, I just want to let you know, you're doing a great job here. Like, this is impossible. And like, people are trying on shoes faster than you come back on the shelf. And I don't know if anyone has told you that you make a difference or that you matter or that you're doing a good job. But I just wanted to let you know that I used to work in retail and you matter and you're making a difference. And thank you for doing what you're doing. And she lit up. She smiled. She's like, no one no one has ever taken the time to say that to me. And so these Every Job Matter cards are going to be opportunities where we're going to challenge people that, hey, just in the day-to-day, if you see someone struggling that doesn't feel seen, that doesn't feel like what they're doing makes a difference, pause. Take five seconds. Recognize them in the moment for what they just did and let them know that they matter. Yeah, I like that. And those are what, what were those cards called again? 
Every Job Matters. We're going to be Every launching that matters. shortly. Cool. You'll be able to see that on our website soon. Yeah, I love that. Man, even that got me smiling just thinking about how, how excited she was. So, um, man, I, I want you to touch on Purpose Point a little bit. I know you guys got that big event. And then uh, I also want you to touch on your, your book because I'm going to throw the link of your book in the show notes, but I want people to, to want to get it. Um, so love if you could highlight both of those in a bit more detail. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll start with um, I'll start with Purpose Point, and then I'll mention the book, and then we can talk about the event in May. Um, so Purpose Point, you know, I never wanted to start a company. Remember, I said focus on significance and success will follow. Purpose Point was born out of this idea of um, I had done a keynote talk for a company one time, and I had had the opportunity to meet the founders of that company, and the founders had a really cool idea for starting the company. And as I started to talk to people who worked at the company, no one could tell me how the company started. No one could tell me what the founding purpose of the company was. They knew what they sold, they knew how much they made, but they didn't know how the company started. So I challenged them to, I reminded them of what their, their purpose point as a company was. I, I said, you know, every company starts with a purpose. They, they invite people to become a part of it. They start putting processes in place to support the people to achieve the purpose. They start measuring performance. They start turning a profit. And then all too often as companies get bigger and older, they start focusing more on product performance and profit. And they forget the founding purpose point for which they started. And they forget that they invited people to be a part of that. And so I reminded them of what their purpose point was and said, this is the opportunity that you have to make a difference every single day. And so I said, well, what if that talk, Purpose Point, was kind of a call to action for companies to, to remember that? And then I met some other speakers who were talking about purpose. And one of them was a friend of mine, Kurt David. He's a co-founder in Purpose Point. He was a former athlete, basketball athlete, and he was focusing on individual purpose. You know, how do people, like he was a former basketball player, spent his whole life on basketball and then had to, you know, play professionally and then had to suddenly quit because of an injury and didn't know what the purpose for his life was. What do you do when your whole life is sports and then that's taken away from you? How do you start over? What's your purpose then at 35 or 40 years old? And he had figured that out and he said, you know what, I'm going to go help people figure out how do they, how do I, they, they identify their purpose separate from just maybe this singular idea of, of a sport that, that defines them. So we kind of had this idea for a while to say, well, what if we talked about individual and organizational purpose together and we challenge both individuals and companies to step in their purpose every single day? And, and we, we were constantly focused on others. And what had happened through the power of LinkedIn, social media, Instagram, other speakers who were talking about purpose caught on to kind of what we were doing. And they're saying, hey, we kind of want to be a part of this, this movement of purpose that you're starting. And so Purpose Point ended up kind of becoming this community of purpose-driven speakers, authors, thought leaders that all knew each other, that were speaking together at different events. And then we decided to do our own event and it was called the Purpose Summit, where we brought all of these speakers together. And we've now done it four years in a row. Uh, we started it out of a school building in, in Detroit, a blighted school building in Detroit that we had repurposed for this event. We had no money, no marketing. We just talked about the significance of what this event was going to do. And over 300 people came. And it was phenomenal. And that was before COVID. And then we were going to do it again in 2020, and then COVID happened. And then we did it again 2021 hybridly. We did it in person in a repurposed theater, and then we also virtually casted it. And then last year, we did it at the University of Notre Dame. And that's an incredible story how that happened, uh, which we don't have time today to talk about, maybe another time, but you can read about it on social. But Basically, last year, we had hundreds of companies from around the world that came to the University of Notre Dame, and we did the Purpose Summit 
all over campus. We used Notre Dame Stadium. We used their conference centers. We used their hotels. We used you know most of the square footage of Notre Dame. And this year, we're doing it again at Notre Dame, and hundreds of people are coming back, and we're using elements of the hockey arena. We're using the stadium again. We're using the conference center. Um, it is a power, powerful event for leaders who are focused on purpose to be at for three days. Um, we've had some incredible speakers in the past. We've got some incredible speakers coming this year. But but this whole idea of Purpose Point and the Purpose Summit, it was never about a business. It was never about creating an organization. It was never about success. It was about imploring people and organizations to step in their purpose, to focus on leading themselves, leading others, and leading impact in this world. And because we were focused on significance, on purpose, on making a difference, it created this incredible community of other people that wanted to do that. And that's what happens when you focus on purpose and, and significance. And so you could check that out at thepurposesummit.com. would be a great event for you to be at. Uh, three incredible days at Notre Dame. Um, but then Purpose Point itself, now we've got an entire community that you can join. If you're interested in, in learning from more authors, speakers, thought leaders like me, there's an entire community of them. Tap into the Purpose Point community and you can, you can get resources every single month uh, around these ideas. Uh, we ship a, a different book every single month to our members, um, Purpose Point swag to our members. There's a private member-only uh, webinar with the author of that book that month that members get to attend and ask questions. Uh, as a, a member of the Purpose Point community, your first package is actually my book, Finding Purpose at Work, which is what Chris uh, asked about. And Finding Purpose at Work, I've already talked about it. It's not just about finding purpose in your job. It's about finding purpose at work in your life and looking for those moments to step into making a difference. In fact, the subtitle is You Are a Difference Maker. So I uh, hope that helps and I uh, hope you tap into those resources. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm getting pumped up over here, hearing you talk about all this. Um, can you remind the, the listeners when the event is? Yeah, the Purpose Summit this year is May 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the University of Notre Dame. You can go to thepurposesummit.com, check out the speaking lineup. Awesome speakers like Nick Wojcik, John Gordon, Jade Gordon, Deanne Turner, Simon T. Bailey, uh, lots of really, really great people. There's over 20 speakers over the three days. Uh, it's going to be an epic event, uh, and you get to experience Notre Dame Stadium, the field, the college. It's it's really, really cool. So thepurposesummit.com, check it out, May 23rd, 24th, 25th. Dude, that sounds incredible, man. Y'all, y'all got some heavy hitters un- under one roof there. So. Yeah, it's it's wild. And the cool thing is, one unique thing about the summit is, you know, as a speaker myself, one of the things that drives me crazy is when you, you, you fly in, you do your talk, and then you fly out. And the event's a three-day event, but you were there for like three hours, right? So one of the, th- the, the rules that we have, and there's only been a few very, very small exceptions because of, you know, ex- unforeseen ex- experiences that we, that we couldn't have planned for. But one of the cool things of the summit is that the speakers are there for all three days. So you have these heavy hitters that they're not just there to give their talk and fly out. They're there to rub shoulders with the other speakers. They're there to engage the audience. You're having dinner side by side with these people. It's a three-day immersive experience. There's not anything quite like it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I like that. That's kind of a differentiator because I've been to a lot of events. And it's like, well, speaker just comes in for an hour and then goes back home type of thing. And they don't even interact with some of the other speakers. So, um, man, last question for you. Where uh, where can people connect with you? I know you shot some links out there for your book and your um, Purpose Summit that you have, but where can folks connect with you personally? 
Yeah, so DavinSylvania.com, ton of resources, book, podcasts, uh, events, all that stuff, DavinSylvania.com. Uh, but I'm heavily active on LinkedIn. I'm on all social platforms, um, but I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. So at Davin Silvano on all social, whether it's Facebook, Insta, LinkedIn, um, just at Davin Silvano and DavinSylvania.com. Cool, man. Well, this was an incredible episode. I uh, can't really see that much here, but I took uh, two pages of notes while we were talking. So selfishly, I got a lot of it, which means I know my listeners did as well. So I really appreciate you hopping on today. Oh, well, Chris, I appreciate the opportunity. It's always great to have the opportunity to help inspire others to step into the purpose that they were created for and for them to make a difference in this world. So thank you for the invitation and for, for hosting. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks again for taking the time to tune into this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Be sure to connect with Davin. His information will be below in the show notes. Other than that, I hope everyone has a fantastic week ahead. <laughs>